You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Just as we were worshiping, I was reminded that the healer's in the room. I believe he wants to make himself real to us today in, in that way, in the form of healing. And I felt like before I, I give some words of knowledge specifically for people's conditions, <clears throat> that I was just supposed to remind every person that gets that's getting ready to get healed that you're, you're worth it. You're worth being whole. Like Jesus paid for you to be completely Every one of us to be completely whole, spirit, soul, and body. Just because we don't feel whole yet or we're not experiencing wholeness yet, doesn't, it doesn't mean that God loves somebody else more than he loves us. It, it doesn't negate what Jesus did to the cross for us specifically. It, it's just, for, it's the mystery of it all. But I believe he wants to change that for, for some people today. He's in the room. He's in the room. And so when I when I call out your condition, and, and you guys could just keep playing if you would. Uh, uh, when I call out your condition, I just want you to stand up, okay, if you can. If you can't, raise your hand. Um, and so I had a, a list of, of words of knowledge. Uh, old injuries that haven't healed correctly. By that, I, I mean... Old injuries that haven't healed correctly, I mean, if it's been long enough that it should be healed, <laughs> then, then you're, you fall in that category. <laughs> so if you would, just stand, stand up. I'm going to list these off. You, don't be afraid if, if, or raise your hand. We got one person in the back. Old injuries and people online, this is for you too. I know I'm not going to be able to see your hands or, or see you stand up, but that's not going to stop what Jesus is going to do. Uh, here, here's the next one, Fi- uh, fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia, if you don't know what that is, basically it's, it's pain that they can't explain why it's in your body. <laughs> so they came up with a name for it. <laughs> Anybody got fi- fibromyalgia? Anybody? Online? Somebody? Okay. Um, carpal tunnel. Carpal tunnel in your wrists. Or you think that you might have it. <laughs> we got we got people that are getting uh, double double love today. <laughs> All right, carpal tunnel uh, rods. If you've got any kind of rods that are are in your body that are preventing um, that are preventing mobility, <laughs> rods in, in your in your body that are preventing mobili- mobility. Okay, I was nervous about that one. There's some you, you, you know, you're convinced of and others that you're like, yeah, I don't really know. Um, car accident, uh, this is, this could be resulting in physical, but it's, um, let me just say, a car accident, you've been in a car accident or were in a car accident that resulted in trauma. And you're still experiencing that trauma. 
Let me give you an indicator of it. That you, you're like, when you get in the car, you're a little freaked out still. Like you check your rearview mirror maybe more than you ought to. Like there's fear that comes on you when you're, when you're in the vehicle, or you're, whether you're driving or not. <clears throat> Stand up, I've got one. Anybody else? Okay. <clears throat> I do feel like there's some more people for that one. Car accident that's resulted in some sort of trauma. If, if, if it's for you, God will show you. Um, stiff, I got one more. Stiffness in, the, in your neck that won't seem to go away. <clears throat> okay. For everybody that needs healing, go ahead and stand back to your feet real quick, and we're going to start praying. Just because you didn't get called out doesn't mean you won't get healed, too. So thanks, thanks, healer, for being in the room. Thanks, healer, for being in the room. We thank you right now for everything that you already started to do. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Holy Spirit, would you come into this moment and that you do exactly what you revealed you want to do. You want to make people whole. So thank you for healing right now in people's body. Thank you for stiffness leaving. Thank you for mobility coming back. Thank you for those old injuries leaving, getting completely healed. Thank you for trauma right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for all trauma leaving from accidents, car accidents, or accidents of any other kind. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you for unexplained pain leaving right now. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. This is for all of you online, too. Thank you for all unexplained pain leaving right now. Thank you for healing of, of carpal tunnel. Thank you for those rods that were preventing mobility, those uh, you replacing those with what was supposed to be there originally. <laughs> yeah, thank you. for <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Old injuries. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. So, we, yeah, be healed and whole in Jesus' name. Be healed and whole in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Father, for what you're doing right now. Yeah, thank you for your love invading every part of people's bodies. Thank you for your peace. We just release the peace of heaven over every person. Peace. We speak peace to your body in Jesus' name. Some of you can start moving around right now and feel that things are, are changing. I'm just believing that things are changing. Do something that you couldn't do before or maybe was hard to do before. Thanks, Jesus. We got any change in people that would be noticeable. Just raise your hand up real high if you're 50% or more better, if you feel better already. Any change? Yeah. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. Yeah, come with more, Holy Spirit, for the rest of it right now. Peace. Peace to your bodies in Jesus' name. Yeah, we break off all that trauma right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for it all leaving. We thank you for the old injuries being healed right now. <clears throat> thank you for that oil some people need in those joints. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you that stiffness isn't something that just happens as we get older. <laughs> it's not supposed to be like that. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you for all mobility coming back right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. 
Thanks, Jesus. I want you to check your bodies again and just see how you are. Check your body, see how you are. Anybody got results, noticeable results that you can report right now? We got one in the back. Anybody else? Raise your hands. If Thanks. Yes, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else that's got noticeable results? Mobility come back, stiffness gone, whatever it is. Yes. Thanks, Jesus. Anything that you couldn't do before? Yeah. We'll just hang out just for another minute or so. Thanks, Father, for the fullness of what you wanted to do right now. Thank you for your kingdom coming on earth in every person's body in the name of Jesus. We release your wholeness for every person in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. If you get healing online, we just want you to put it down there in the comments. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you for your healing love right now, the love they've been singing about. Oh, how you love us. Thanks for that manifesting. Thanks for it manifesting for every person in the room right now, whatever way they need it, every person that's watching. Thanks for healing coming. For everybody. Everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Would your love just come a little bit more? A little bit more experiential love in this moment, Father. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for helping us stop resisting <laughs> your love and what you want to do this day in Jesus' name. Thanks, Lord. Amen. Amen. Ooh. Yeah. Thank you, Father. He's so good. For, so, for those of you that experienced some level of healing, just as you as we're going throughout the service, just keep on checking. I believe before we get out of here that you're going to be able to tell us good things that have happened in your body. We see people get healed sometimes moments later, sometimes before they leave the building, sometimes as they're leaving. Sometimes later on that day, sometimes when they wake up. We expect it to happen now, but we've seen it happen all different times. Thanks for responding. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. Thanks, worship team. We give them a hand just for being amazing. How he loves us. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. How, how, regardless of how you feel about the holiday we celebrate it just because it's another opportunity to celebrate one another you know not that you need excuses but it's just a it's a good time to do that right <clears throat> so I've got a couple things I want to do before we go into into to teaching today when I feel like God wants to share with us um, one of them is going to be less important than the other the first one I'm we're going to Pakistan here in a couple weeks me and a um, Siraj Thomas and Matt General from both them guys are part of the leadership of 420 Ministries and uh, another guy named Ray Nugent that actually lives out in in California. Um, he's a friend of Siraj's. He's another young man that really he knows. <laughs> Siraj explained him this way to me. He knows the gospel. <laughs> I thought that's a good thing to know, right? <laughs> 
and uh, he definitely has, he's got songs on iTunes, and and you can tell it's you can always tell somebody's theology if they're if they're a singer or songwriter uh, in what they when they produce. So um, this is a, I, I talked about it last week. Here's an opportunity for you guys to actually partner with us in um, in prayer first and foremost. We need we need your prayers. We're having a, a little bit of issues with. Uh, with the visas going through right now at the moment um, in Chicago at the consulate, and so this isn't this is not unfamiliar um, to the 420 guys and having problems with visas getting into places. Um, sometimes it's just the fact that their systems aren't the best, and sometimes there's some spiritual stuff that's that's happening there. Regardless, we know it's going to happen. We just ask that you pray, pray for our trip, everything leading up, leading up to it for preparation. And um, all that it entails. There's going to be lots of lives that are going to be changed. And we just expect to see the kingdom advance in Karachi where we're going. My gosh, I just saw a meeting that was being held last night. There's a, a guy that I got connected with through Lynn Ballinger, our pastor, uh, named Danish Peter. And he showed a meeting last night. I don't know how many thousands of people were there in Karachi. But you could tell the, the glory and presence of God was was being released and people were getting touched. And so I was like, yes. I was like, this is, and they've been doing those meetings now for a little while. Um, This has been a, I think just part of this month they've been holding those. So please pray into what God's going to do. And also there's another opportunity for you guys to partner with us financially. So if you'll put that however you want to, want to give that we've, our goal was to raise, at least on our part, because the 420 guys, they've got partners that they reached out to, which have um, stepped up and are, are sewing into the trip. Um, but our goal was to raise at least 1500 I'm not exactly sure how much of that goal we've reached at this point in time, because I haven't checked back since last Sunday. But you guys had, had done a great job last Sunday, and so we're going to give you one more opportunity if you didn't get a chance to partner with us financially and just ask Holy Spirit, hey, would we have you guys give? You know, that's all, that's all we ask you to do. Um, like I said, first and foremost, pray for us. We've got to have you so financially. It's an amazing opportunity to partner with us and realize that when you partner with somebody, you don't have to go where they're going, and you actually reap the benefits. Uh, it's, that's why Lindsay and I love to do it. We're always we're looking, where's God doing stuff? And where God's doing stuff, we're like, we're going to sow. We, you know, we want to sow into that because we've realized what Luke, 15, uh, Luke 16, I'm sorry, talks about. Um, is that when I can be trusted with unrighteous mammon, which is money, I can get true spiritual riches. And that's what we want. That's what we all want. So if God would have you do that, please do. Just mark it. The best way, honestly, two ways to give would be to write a check or cash, which I know hardly any of us do. Put it on an envelope and just put Pakistan on it. Or go to our website at revivetheworld.org, and you can actually put in there what the money is for. You can just put Pakistan in there. Um, and then we'll, we'll know what it is so it de- gets designated for the trip. So thanks again for all of you that already did that and those of you that are going to. So we got one more thing to do, at least I thought we were going to do, but I feel like she left the building. She, I watched her put on her coat. Oh, there's her coat. Okay, we have uh, Sam come out here. She didn't know this was going to happen. She, she's not going to be incredibly happy about it. <clears throat> Will you come up here? Can I get the lead? For all leaders that are in the room that can come up, we'd like you to come up. Come on. 
Come on over here. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. This is not... Uh, you see her on, on stage every week and doing an amazing job and all those things, but that doesn't mean that people like to be up front. Those of us that are, are up front doesn't mean we, we necessarily enjoy that, the spotlight. But if you guys haven't noticed, over the last eight weeks, um, because Sarah's been on maternity leave and actually got sick before maternity leave started for two weeks, and, and Sam was supposed to take over and be the interim worship pastor uh, at maternity leave, but ended up having, getting it dropped in her lap two weeks prior to that. So she'd been doing it for two months now, and she has done, you have done the most amazing job. Some, we've, we've found out this principle, and this is true for, for you and true, true for Sam in this situation, is that you don't realize what's on the inside of somebody or what they're capable of until the opportunity is given to them, and then they rise to the occasion. And, and for me, it's been really, really special because she's our daughter, and, um, you know, to have her leading worship um, to, you know, it's just like if you, maybe you get that, you know, you could probably understand that for me, you know, just having that um, to be able to flow together like that's been really special for me. But for the family, I've, I've watched uh, what you have released and helped continue to cultivate um, in, the, in the kingdom, healthy family context. I've watched it make a difference in the atmosphere. I've watched it make a difference in our lives. You have done such an incredible job of, you know, you found this out. The worship leading is a lot more than singing songs. And um, I, I told her this not long ago. I said, you're actually leading people in mind renewal. And uh, that's why a lot of times we repeat things over and over. And you've done an incredible job in, in singing the songs that Jesus has, has been intentional about picking for us. Doing an amazing job of helping create uh, culture within the team. You're just, you know, you're super organized, super responsible. All the things that you look for in a leader. And so we're just so honored and so grateful that you've done what you've done. And uh, we're doing this because Sarah's supposed to be coming back this Wednesday after being gone for a little bit. Sam's not going anywhere. She's just, <laughs> she's just glad to only have one job. Um, she already works another job. And so, so thanks again. There's some other leaders that actually, the, the mic is, uh, you're not going to, you got it? You guys got some stuff you want to share with her too? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you, Sam. Um, you've I, the the gift of you know leading people well has always been inside you. It was really amazing to see that flourish and shine so brightly. Um, and then just to prophesy to that, um, I felt like these opportunities of leading people are just going to be like a natural part of your walk in life and that pl- jobs and events and places where you actually think you're stepping into as a background role will always pull you into a leadership role because of what you carry and because people want people that aren't leaders need a leader and the the fact that you carry that leadership anointing on you well, is pe- are, people are going to be drawn to follow what you're doing, whether or not it's actually part of the leadership. Does that make sense? And um, I also want to say thanks. You you honor people very well, and I just want to recognize that. I've just 
you know, I get to be part of sound, so I get to kind of see how you interact with the team, and you just are very honoring in the way you speak and um, pull people up, like, gently. You, you're not as blunt as some people communicate, like myself, <laughs> and I'm sure the team respects that more and um, values it in you, so thank you. It's been so exciting to watch, you know, over the years that I've known you, to watch you grow. It's, it's just, it's, it's been so amazing. But um, you stepping into this uh, over the past couple months, it's like all that's been accelerated. And, and it's been just amazing, you know, because we're the beneficiaries <laughs> of your growth. So thank you so much. Get used to speaking. Um, the songs that you write and the songs that you're going to write, people will want to hear the heart of where that stuff's coming from. And they, they'll want to hear your voice and speaking. Well, if she can write stuff like that, what does she have to say? And they're wanting to hear the things. And it's things that God's put in you. So I, I know you're going to do great. And I'm just so honored just to know you. I'm, I'll be able to say, yeah, I know her. <laughs> so, yeah. We believe in you. And I know that you were helping um, in this situation. Then we need you. And then you step out. And we trust in you in all ways. And we knew, like, it's going to be tremendous. I mean, awesome. And we enjoy all this time that you've been leading, uh, leading all the worship team. And um, thank you for helping them to be together in one voice. There's no, no one is higher and lower, but all you guys being together in, in a unity, in a group. And this is how the way we need to be in teaching others with so much love. And you have that love to, to give and to having the encounter of what you're having with the father and a daughter. It's so beautiful. And to be able to say Papa, to say Daddy, to say Father, <laughs> I know it's being like the wall came down of such lies before and being renewing your mind and who your Daddy is, who, how he loves you. <laughs> he is low, he's high, and he goes side by side with you, always going to be surround you, always going to be surround you. He loves you and he's so proud of you and your Father and heaven is so proud of you and your daddy also, the one who is your daddy and who was here because, because of him and your mom. Thank to both of them you are here today and we are enjoying this. We enjoy your presence and we love you so much. Thank you for everything you do. And I said you don't want to you want to be here for a while. You don't you are not going nowhere yet, but I believe that you have such a big destiny out there. And, and we're just waiting for that moment because we, you want to launch right now just going far. I know you're going far, and I just see you just flying far. So I'm so happy for you. I'm so excited, and I always want to partner with you because I love you so much. <laughs> Pray over Sam now and... Uh... It's definitely true. We're not letting you go anywhere anytime soon. 
<laughs> we'll bribe you with, with gifts and cash and whatever it takes. <clears throat> yeah, just like your song. Remember the song you wrote. So thanks. Help us pray. So, Father, we, we thank you for the gift, not just the gift that Sam has, but the gift that she is. Um, so thanks for our incredible daughter and just everything that's in her. I know that this is just the beginning, just scratching the surface of what's going to come out of her uh, in the years ahead. So thank you for the grace and the anointing that we're benefiting from and that we're going to continue to. And this actually is going to launch her into a new place, uh, Father. So thanks for, the, for more songs. Um, thank you for her getting the opportunity to train and equip more songwriters and, and worship leaders and people that just live or created to live a lifestyle of worship. Um, so we just bless her right now. Pray that your goodness is extravagantly shown to her through encounters and any other way that you want to show to her. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Thanks. We love you. Mm. Yeah. We didn't give you a warning because we thought that it was possible that you wouldn't be in the room. I actually saw you put your coat on. I thought, well, she is prophetic, so she might have known we were going to do it. <laughs> She's getting out of here. <clears throat> like I said, just because we're up front doesn't mean that we like attention. It just happens to mean that's what we're called to do, you know, and so <laughs> um, <laughs> still makes me uncomfortable most of the time, but I, uh, I have fun with it. So thanks, Rachel, for doing an amazing job with your, with your daughter, uh, with all your kids. But we're, we're benefiting greatly from this one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Jesus. All right. Anybody that had injuries, you feel be even better now than when we, we prayed before? Just raise your hand. You still feel... You good, better, better now, even better. Okay, we got one. You feel better? Do you feel better? More mobility? Where where were your rods? Any are they in your back? Okay, yeah. And so you feel more more mobility, mo mobility, <laughs> a little more. Okay. Well, once you walk some more, yeah. Would you? Okay. Awesome. Did you get a hip replacement? Yeah. You have bone cancer? Did, did, that's what my sister had too. Okay, well, I think we talked about the, They replaced your femur with, yeah. okay. And did that, that shorten one of your legs? A bit, yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. So has it ever got healed? So your, your leg is literally shorter than the other, physically short. Most of the legs that we see that are shorter than the other are hip we're just going to, we're going to stop and go ahead and do this now. So, so most of the time, for those of you, I, I know that this particular practice has gotten a bad name in some circles and people have, have, people have done all, you know what? The devil would never imitate something that wasn't valuable. You know that they don't, they don't counterfeit $1 bills, Right? They don't counterfeit ones and fives. Twenties, fifties, hundreds, that's what they used to anyway. That's what I, he I heard. <laughs> if you ever think you got counterfeit money, you can bring it to a few of us and we'll be able to tell you. But 
Most of us don't have to worry about them because we don't use cash, right? <laughs> but they don't counterfeit things that aren't valuable. Why do you think the devil has tried to counterfeit the things that we see, we see that we're, we're operating in, the gifts of the Spirit, the supernatural? Why? Because it's valuable. All right? He wouldn't be trying to counterfeit it and steer people away from it if it wasn't important. It is actually the gospel. Without it, there's no, there's no gospel. It is a supernatural gospel. Without healing, it's not a full gospel. Right? Because healing's not just physical. If he's still healing, if he's still saving, if people are still getting born again, which they are, right? Then people are still getting healed. Right? If souls are still getting saved, then, then mental illness is still getting healed. Right? If souls are still getting saved, then physical bodies are still being healed. You, you can't disconnect the two. They're, that's all one. It's, it's all one thing. Isn't it great? I feel, I feel better myself. I had a bit of food poisoning or something. I don't know what it was, you know, for about a night ago. It's just weird anyway, but I'm, I'm feeling better already. <laughs> so will you come up front, Susie, real quick? They're not going to be able to really see you on the camera anyway. <clears throat> You got to, will you get me a, she got a skirt on. Will you grab me a blanket? No, we got, we got a fix for that. And I got Arelli, who's going to help me. So a lot of times, 99% of the times when we see somebody's leg that's shorter than the other, it's evidence that their hips are out of place, which results in back problems. It's our go-to. We've seen it hundreds of times healed. People have one arm that appears to be shorter than the other. It means they got an upper back problem that's an alignment issue. We've seen that healed a bunch too. Some of the first miracles I saw were, were that particular miracle. <clears throat> but there's been two times, like this, somebody had either had surgery or they were born with one leg shorter than the other. They actually lacked bone. And both times we've seen it healed. They're literally, their bone grew out. Because how do we know? Because their leg was the same length as the other. It's pretty easy. They're, uh, <clears throat> we got coats around, right? We got, it's winter time. It's like six degrees outside. Somebody's got a coat. We don't have to find. <laughs> right. we, daughter to the rescue. <laughs> right? You're like, she's like, come on, get on with the miracle. So we, will you sit down here? Sit down here, and I, I'm just going to. You think he'll help me? Tell me his name again. Colson. Will you come here? Will you help me? I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you exactly what to do. Well, go ahead and hold it. Will you hold her legs up, Arelli? And have her yeah. Uh no, you don't need to. You don't need to. Nope. I'm I'm gonna tell you what to pray. How old are you, Colson? Nine? Okay, awesome. Yeah, you see that one shorter than the other? So this is what I want you to do. I just want you to say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Short leg grow. Short leg grow. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus, right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks so much, Jesus. Can you see? 
Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for all the way. You feel something happen? Yeah. Yeah. When you get a rod in your leg, you never end up with one leg that's the same length as the other. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for all the way right now. Thanks, Jesus. Tell me when it's completely, because it's almost there. It's almost there, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Which leg was it? That, that was the one? That's the surgery leg? Appeared to me like they made that one a little bit longer, actually, because of the rod. Was that true? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yay! They're the same link now, aren't they? Are they? Are they? Tell me, Colson, what do you think? Right there? Right there? Good job, dude. Yeah. Yeah. See how you feel when you walk now. Even your mobility or anything, just if you would, just as you're walking back, let us know how you feel. Thanks for participating. That was amazing, right? Wow. Come on. Nine years old. Have you ever seen a miracle before, Colson? You ever prayed for somebody and seen a miracle? That would be true for the majority of nine-year-olds, right? That's true for the majority of a lot of people. And so uh, you see how complicated that prayer was? It, I know you may have a hard time remembering it. Write it down if you need to. <laughs> That's amazing. That was a miracle through, through the hands of, of, a, of a child who, uh, you know, it's just, it's just simple. All right? Bone, actually, so her leg literally... My gosh, you guys get it, right? Man, I'll never, I'll, I'll never get used to seeing miracles happen. Doesn't mean I don't expect them normally to happen. I do. It's no, that's normal Christian life. But, but getting used to them, I've done this before. You guys have probably never done this. I've actually seen that similar miracle happened so many times, not the bone growing out, but the leg shifting out so many times that I got used to it. I grew, I grew numb to it to where I didn't celebrate it the same anymore. It's like the cross. If the cross doesn't excite me anymore or actually move me when I think about the gospel and what Jesus did for me, then I've, I've, then I need to meditate on it some more and, and be reminded all over again. All right? I don't know about you, but just like, like you, you being here, Jerry, like that you here reminded me. I was as in worship. I, I'm when they're they're singing about the goodness of God. Your goodness is chasing me down. I'm like God's goodness caught me a long time ago. I don't know about chasing me, but He's like, I know your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I feel like God's mercy caught me a long time ago, and and because Jerry's here and he was a part of my childhood playing baseball, that I was I was just going through this highlight reel of all the time that God's hand was on my life. And all the times that he saved me, all the times that he spared me, all of his mercy. And it just, oh, I just couldn't help but, you know, and I'm like, that's the gospel. That's the gospel for me. And so I never want miracles to stop moving me. And that's the greatest one that I'll ever see is the miracle of my salvation. It's the greatest miracle we'll ever see. And, and so that's, what, you know, I just meditate on that. I meditate on testimony. I tell you that often. I meditate on testimonies daily. But that's one that I meditate on the most. I think about different things that God's delivered me from, different things that He saved me from, healed me of. It's all part of the gospel for me. What's the gospel for you? Does it still move you? If you meditate on it long enough, it will. I'm convinced of it. It's impossible for it not to. That kind of love. 
<laughs> that kind of love that was just shown to Susie. You know what I mean? That's like, it's another evidence. Here, God's good. <laughs> He's good. Let us, let us remind you again. Wow. So let's see if I can preach this message in about 28 minutes. You okay with that? Sometimes demonstration is more important than teaching. There's a time for teaching. There's a time to demonstrate. And so you watched, the, you watched a miracle, a, a, a literal creative miracle happen through the hands of a, a nine-year-old. Yeah, so that means it's possible through every person. It's not about how much you know, how long you've been doing this, who's laid hands on you, impartation from people whose book you read, whatever, who's prophesied over you. It's not, it's not about that. All, all of that is, is important, and all of that is valuable, and all of that has its place. But the Spirit of God's on the inside of every single one of us, which makes miracles possible. Done deal. From the moment that you said yes to Jesus, miracles are possible through your life. It's part of your DNA. It's part of who you are. 1 Peter 1.23, we use this scripture in... And talking about identity, it's just so good. I just I have to hold on to the podium when I read it because I get so excited about, about this one scripture. Um, it, it's it's I know it's taken the one verse out, but it, um, I think it's okay here to do this. It says, "Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever." You guys are prophetic too because you got the right version up there. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Jesus said, unless a man be born again, right, he can't enter and he can't see the kingdom. So when we, when you and I said yes to Jesus, we got born again of a, of a seed. We got born again of a seed. Most of us don't need health class right now, right? It's like we got born again of a seed. Jesus related it to the natural so that we would understand it. And so we got born again of a, of a seed, of incorruptible seed. And then we got restored back to our original intent. Everything that he always planned that we would always be. I'm going to insert a testimony right here of, of something that happened to a young lady a few weeks ago when I was teaching and there was an addictions recovery program uh, women that were in this particular class there was a handful of them in there and I I said that statement that you that Colossians 1:20 says it in the passion translation and it, it basically that's what it means that we have been that we have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus we've been restored back to the original intent it's in nature all that stuff has been got demolished yeah, when, when we know it. <laughs> I mean, it already happened. Me getting the revelation of it helps me to walk in it. And so as I was saying, you've been restored back to your original intent. This young lady, she has what she called an out-of-body experience because she didn't have, any vid, uh, didn't have any grid for open visions is what I think it was. I don't know. I could be wrong. Everything disappeared around her, and she was caught up is what she said. And so... And she hears the father say what I had just said. But she, he makes it personal. He says to her audibly, you've been restored back to your original intent. And right, right then in that moment, all of her guilt of her past completely disappeared and it hasn't come back. <laughs> I'm like, yes! I'm like, I quoted Jesus and then he quoted me. 
<laughs> I'm like, how cool is that? But literally, in the moment when revelation is released, there's an opportunity for it to take place in our lives. And so we've been born again of incorruptible seed. That seed, I see it this way, that it is actually the kingdom is planted within us. Jesus said that around Luke 17. He said, don't look here or there for the kingdom, for the kingdom of God is within you. Righteousness and peace and joy are the kingdom inside of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's inside of us, so the kingdom's on the inside of us. We often say that the kingdom comes in seed form. Seeds, when you relate them to fruit trees, are not visible immediately, right? You hold an apple seed in your hand, and you wouldn't think often that there's actually a tree that's on the inside of this seed. But that seed has to be planted in the right soil to produce the tree, which then will therefore produce the fruit. But it's still... It's still an apple tree. And so the climate of our lives oftentimes is what produces the fruit of the seed of the kingdom that's already on the inside of us. You and I, when we got born again, we got set up to be what we call revivalists. To live every day of our lives in in full-blown, on-fire revival. It's in there. It came in seed form, and then the conditions not around us, even though those can make a difference if we let them, but the condition of our internal thought life and what we personally believe will either produce that fruit quicker and more extravagantly, or it will stop the growth growth or stunt the growth of what God intended for every one of us. So within that seed is the DNA of of our born-again experience, our incorruptible, the DNA of Jesus is in there. Like it got implanted in there, and then the Holy Spirit encompasses that seed and begins to lead us into all truth, right? Right? He's the the spirit of truth that leads us into all truth. But he's also the spirit of revival. (laughs) We talk about all these great people that we think started revivals. The Holy Spirit's the one that started every revival. (laughs) And he's still starting them and making it less about events and more about a lifestyle. And he wants to start one on the inside of every person that is willing to surrender to how much he actually loves us. And so I would propose to you that when Jesus said in John 15 that a friend will lay down his life for his friends. He he says it in, in John 15, 13, the Passion Translation, for the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. for the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. It's love that's demonstrated. So love's an action word. But for, for it to be an action word in my personal life, I have to realize that he actually loves me first. In 1 John 4, it says that we love him because he first loved us. Right? Jesus told 
a couple different people that the greatest commandment was that you love God with all your strength, with all your mind, and all your heart. And the second is like it. That you love your neighbor as you love yourself. Those two, if you look at them naturally, those don't look like they go together. Love God with all I've got, and the second is like it. Love my neighbor as I love myself. Those are two different places I'm, I'm putting love. So how do they coincide? I propose to you that it starts with how much he, he loves me. It starts with the realization and the revelation that he actually personally, he, he loves me. Not in a distant, far off kind of way where I'll just give you, I'll provide for you and I'll, I'll give you shelter and, and protect you and, and do, do things for you. But in the way that I'll actually lay down my life for you. Jesus came so that we could all have a relationship with the Father that we always were intended to. But he also came to demonstrate what it looks like, the lifestyle that we were always predestined to live. So when he says, love God with, with all you've got and, and love your neighbor as yourself, it brings the revelation through his life that he loved us first, which then therefore gives us the ability to love him back. And when I focus on those two things, the other thing comes naturally. That's why I believe you can say is that it's like the first commandment. It's the second one similar to the first one because when you allow him to love you and you love him back, the other happens naturally. What's the evidence that I love God? That I love my neighbor. That's what it says in 1 John 4. If I love my brother, then if I say that I love God, then I'll love my brother. <laughs> Some would say, well, who's that? <laughs> if you're asking that question... <laughs> You might be looking for a reason not to love somebody. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> well, let's clarify. Who do I need to love? And who can I just kind of not? <laughs> I'm familiar with the question. <laughs> I thought it before early on, you know. Like, uh, I'm not real sure Jesus couldn't have met them. <laughs> Everybody but my boss. I'm fairly certain Jesus did not die for him. <laughs> Selah. So it's... <clears throat> Jesus has this, this conversation with, with Peter in John chapter 21 after his resurrection. It comes on, on the heels of, of them eating breakfast, which is where most good things happen is around food. <clears throat> good food anyway, right? And so, so, so Jesus starts, starts having this conversation that at face value, you could look at it and think it's disheartening. You could look at it in a negative connotation if you want to. You know how I read the scriptures is how I is because of how I see him. 
How I see the Father is how I'll interpret theology. My view of the Father determines how I see the Word of God because He is the Word. And so if I'm always looking at things that in a negative connotation, there, I need to ask why. I, I love the gospel. It's simple. And I, I love the Holy Spirit because He makes things easy. Is that when, when there's something that seems to be maybe just needs a little adjustment, all I have to do is ask Him what, what it is and why, if there's something like that. So if I see it negatively, then why? If I see it as empowering, then I might be seeing it through clear vision. So I, I see this particular scripture that I one time looked at negatively as an empowering conversation that Jesus is having with Peter. And he starts to ask him, hey, Peter, do you love me more than, than these? Peter's like, yeah, you know that I love you. Well, it's like, okay, hey, hey then, then feed my, what, you got up there? All right, now I've got to read it word for word. Then, then feed my lambs, right? And then he goes and he asks him two more times, do you love me? And the third time, Peter's like, you know, he is a little disheartened. And this is what I propose why. Because it would be easy for Peter to look back at the moment that he had just denied Jesus not too long before that. The moment where he had just deserted Jesus. Along with everybody else, except for just a few. What it appears like to me is that Jesus is empowering Peter. He's giving us a practical principle and a key to be able to live out of the reality that we were predestined to live out of, which is revival. Because he follows up every question with do this. It shows me that he's saying, if you love me, it will empower you to live the lifestyle that I created you to live. If you love me, it will actually cause that seed that's on the inside of you, where you got born again, to produce the fruit that you saw me produce in my life, but even greater. And he gives us the gateway. Like He, he gives us all. He says, if, if, you, if you love, then you'll lay down your life. You'll sacrifice your life. What's that mean? This is, this is what it means to me is that I will surrender my will, part of my soul, my, my soul is my mind, will, and emotions, I will surrender my will to Him. And I'll say that it's your will, your way. Same, a similar thing to what Jesus said in the garden. He said, not my will, but your will be done. He, he wasn't, you know, you could tell in that moment what He was going through, we can't comprehend. But He, he follows up His, hey, if this cup could pass from me, it'd be all right, you know, but not my will, but your, be, your will be done. It shows me that in a moment of desperation and when emotions are running high and when, when, when we're going through things, that we can be tempted to, to want to do self-preservation once again, which we weren't created to do. When, when it, the only thing I can relate it to is when I don't feel good, I feel like just tending to me. Right? 
But Jesus is showing us an example of what it looks like to just surrender our will. He says, if, just lay down your life. In Romans 12, 1, Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship or reasonable service. Depends on which translation you read. I like, I like spiritual act of worship because it shows me that when I lay my life down and sacrifice my will, that my life actually become worship, and it's not an event, but it's a lifestyle. And when my life, it, when my life is worship, what happens when we're, we're in this setting? The presence of God gets super thick, and it starts to be tangible in ways that sometimes we're not by ourselves. Guess what happens when our lives are worship? to the people that are around us when we go in stores and we go in the mall and we go to work and we're in our house, then the, the tangible presence of God is constantly emanated from our beings. It's what we were created for. Love activates this act of self-sacrifice. When, when I realize how much He loves me, I lay down my life and know that He knows what's best. That he had a plan for my life a long time ago, a long time before I was here. And I want that because I realize that I will make the greatest impact. That this life is not about me. That this life is, a, is, is all about what he created me for. It doesn't mean that he doesn't let me make choices. It, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't get to partner with him. It, it, but it does mean that I actually surrender to what he always wanted for me. And for all of us, that can look slightly different depending on our passions, depending on our calling, our gifting, our anointing. But there's one thing that will always look the same in every one of our lives. It's for every single son and daughter of God. And it is this lifestyle of revival. Jesus said in John 14, 12, that if you believe in me, he who believes in me, He'll do greater works than I did, right? You believe in me, you'll do what I did and even greater. Do you know that that word believe is also translated in the Greek to trust? Sometimes I've looked at it as I, if I just believe what the scriptures say. If I just believe that what Mark 16, if I lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, that's a promise for all believers, right? Raise the dead, cast out demons, cleanse lepers, preach the gospel. That's for all believers, right? It can happen in a lot of different ways, but it's all for all believers. So sometimes I've looked at those scriptures and thought, well, it's just me believing that that's still for today and it's still for me. But now I believe that it's that, still that, but that's because it's faith, and, and, and faith and trust are synonymous. I have faith because I trust. When I trust, I'll literally lay my life down for Him. I'll do what He always intended for me to do because I, I realize that I can trust Him with this little bitty life. This is what I propose, is that, that love leads me to sacrifice because when I see how much He loves me, it causes me to trust Him. 
when I trust him, there's this, this internal world that begins to cultivate that incorruptible seed that's on the inside of every son and daughter of God. And it begins to produce the fruit of the supernatural realm that's more real than the realm that we see. And we begin to bring that into this realm in our daily lives naturally to everybody that's around us in any way that they need it because it was always intended for us to live the life that demonstrates that he's a good father to the world around us. Jesus was the greatest representation of who he is, of who the father is. And then he was the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. That shows me that because we're in the family business, as Leif Hetland calls it, we're in the family business, that we, we get to look like the father with our own personality and characteristics and sense of humor. We get to demonstrate who he is because of the invitation into a lifestyle, not just an invitation to heaven. He didn't intend for us just to, to sign up for, for heaven. If that was the only deal that was going, I'd be signing up. But Jesus paid for more. Revival was, is part of our DNA. It's in there. If I'm not experiencing it, it's not complicated. These are my practical steps to the lifestyle that Jesus demonstrated to us. I understand the difficulty that some of us have with trusting someone that we can't see. Right? I understand the difficulty that some of us have because there's been a poor demonstration of who the Father is by people that were in authority figures within the church. And I say, well, I don't, if that's what God looks like, I, I'm going to keep him at a distance. I'm still a Christian, but I'm not entirely sure that I still believe the things that they were teaching or the things that they said they, they were demonstrating. And some of us have seen miracles that were demonstrated through the life of people that weren't trustworthy. That's why this is the only door that we'll personally ever go through, which is the door of love. Because it's not about miracles, but miracles are a part of it. Just because there was a poor demonstration or there's been disappointment in my life doesn't mean that I can negate a part of the gospel because it doesn't suit my, doesn't suit my belief system anymore. I, I, but the good news is, even if I've done that, even if I'm having a hard time trusting, even if I'm not entirely sure about miracles because they, they've been abused in context or in church, that you've been in before. Even if that stuff has happened, the good news is, is that the incorruptible seed, the DNA of Jesus, the miracle worker that lives in you hasn't went anywhere. <laughs> and then in a moment, I can come back into agreement with his love for me, which begins to activate what's on the inside of me. And I will begin to grow the way that he intended me to, because that is 
the internal soil of my life, the fruit that will be produced comes through the soil of love. When I meditate on how much He loves me, and then I say, okay, because you love me, I'm going to love you back. I'm going to love you back in, in my life. I, and by, by doing that, what's what Jesus say? I'll, I'll lay down, a friend lays down his life for his friends. You're a friend of God. And so when I realize how much he loves me, then I'll actually stay on that altar of sacrifice, that Romans 12, 1. That's, I've heard people say that about living sacrifice before. That's, that's the only problem is it can get off the altar. <laughs> right? So I can choose to be back on the altar when I realize his love for me again. It's actually my natural response to love. Our natural response to the love of the Father is to lay my life down. It's, it doesn't cost, I, I, don't, I don't get caught up in how much it costs me. It doesn't cost me anything, personally. I, I realize that Lindsay and I have counted a cost for the calling and the places that I'm going to Pakistan. There was, there was essentially what we would call a cost, right? There's agreement. There's, you know, working through the nervousness and the fears and all that stuff that goes with it. So essentially, there's a cost. I, I get that. Jesus said no one builds a house unless they first count the cost. We, you know, we looked at the material list and we're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll pay that. It's a no-brainer for us. doesn't mean there wasn't things to work through. It just means that we're like, yeah, no problem. But when... When it comes to me being a living sacrifice, I'm, I'm not ever going to focus on the fact of, man, it cost me so much to lay down my life for Jesus because I really had this career that I wanted to do and I really had this other, you know what I mean? <clears throat> so I, I don't think that it's a cost for me. I think that it, it's actually a natural response. And, and when that happens, fire always falls on sacrifice. Did you know that there are some pine cones, and unless there are forest fires, that they won't ever actually be pollinated? <laughs> Sometimes there just needs to be a little fire that falls. And when that fire falls, that thing gets pollinated, and then there's no stopping it from growing. You know what pine trees do? All year round, they produce, right? They're always green. That's what we were created for every season of life. No dry seasons in Christianity, unless they're between my ears. <laughs> I'll even produce in the desert because he'll make streams of water come through there. <laughs> come on. That's for every one of us. That's what, our, that's what, so regardless of the season you feel like you're in, regardless of where you're at right now, regardless if you left miracles uh, for a season because you don't know if you can trust, in this moment, there's an opportunity. Jesus is inviting us into this lifestyle, and he's making it easy. He says, just let me love you. You love me back. And just like Peter, you loving me will empower you to do everything that you saw me do and greater. So if you would stand up and let's just, this opportunity to respond to him in this moment, our appropriate response to love 
we get to live this life that Jesus demonstrated for us. We get to be empowered by his love. The internal soil of your life is cultivating that seed. It's growing. It's sprouting. There's things that are happening. You can look over the course of your life and see that transformation has taken place. You know that you're different. That's evidence. It's evidence. It doesn't mean that every part of my life is different yet, but I'm growing. It's producing, right? I focus on that as I let him love me and I love him back. I celebrate my progress. I tend to the places that don't seem to have any growth yet and ask him, hey, if I need pruned, prune me. Because when branches are pruned, then they produce fruit. (laughs) And so, Father, right now, we we just ask that you would come and we receive. We receive your love. Come. We receive your love. Just in your own way, just all defenses down. All yield signs or stop signs out of the way. Just let his love come in. You were made for it. You were made for it. So thank you, Father, as we allow your love to come in. It is giving us the love to love you back. Thank you for the incorruptible seed, the seed of the kingdom that's sprouting in people that are in this room and online, that's producing fruit and going to produce a whole lot more, the fruit of revival. Thank you that you set us up for this. You planned this for us. You sent Jesus to demonstrate it. Thank you that you've given us everything that we need. I pray for every person, regardless of the level of trust that we're at right now, I pray that each one of us will be able to trust you a little bit more until we trust you fully. Full surrender to what we were created for. We want to. Reckless abandon. Surrendering our wills, saying yes to the fullness of life in Christ Jesus, that you set us free to live. And so I thank you for free people. I thank you that we're free, that we get to run wild and free into everything that you created us for. Thank you for making us a miracle and giving us the ability, as we saw demonstrated today, giving us the ability to reproduce the miraculous everywhere that we go. To reproduce more sons and daughters that do the same. We pray that our life would be an invitation into your goodness, an invitation into a born-again experience. That people would see us see us as you created us to be 
and that it would hit that thing on the inside of them, that image that they were created in of yours. And it would draw them to us. And we get to share with them how and why and because of who that we're different. (sighs) Yeah, thank you, Father. I thank you for just a, a bunch of people who love you because you loved us first. Would you increase everything that's being produced in their life? Would you give us fresh revelation of of who we are and who you are all over again? I pray every person would accept the invitation into deeper places of your love. Deeper places of, of trusting you. Thank you. Thank you that you're blanketing us with your affection right now in this moment. Thank you. We just let you love on us right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let hope rise. Hope rising in the room. Just felt like hope was rising in the room for for miracles. Thank you, Father. Pray hope continue to rise as we put all our hope, all our trust, all our faith in the in the miracle worker. In your nature, who you are. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. In Jesus. what you're doing in the room what you're doing in people's lives online thank you that it's not going to stop when we say amen God we pray we never become nominal Christians that we would only grow in hunger and then we would grow in fire become ravenous, hungry sons and daughters that just want more of you, more of your word, that want to see more people get born again and more people experience the miracles that you want to see them experience. Father, thank you that you've made it possible that we be like that every day of our lives. There'd be no condemnation or shame right now, but we know you're holding out your hand and inviting us into that place. We can live from it every single day because that's what you made us for. Thank you, Father. I pray every person, every one of us, me included, would take your hand into that lifestyle. We never look back. We'd never turn back. That we'd let go of anything that's been standing in the way of that. I know you'll show us what it is if there's something in the way good like that <laughs> just want to take your hand and run run into all you paid for and see nations discipled see nations come to you and live out of their destiny in Jesus name thanks Lord <laughs> Thank you.
prayer team, if you want to come up front. We got people in the in the room that want to up here that want to pray for you. Thanks for joining us online. We love you guys. We got people up here that want to pray for you, want to pray with you. If you need further healing, like if, if there's a word of knowledge that got called out and you're not completely healed, please come up and get prayed for. If you needed healing and a word of knowledge didn't hit your condition, please come up and get prayed for. The healer's in the room. He's not went anywhere. He wants you well. If you need prayer for anything else, there's nothing too small, no need too small. These guys want to pray for you. My encouragement for you this week is just let him be reminded. Meditate on on what the gospel did for you. It will help you receive his love, which will help you love him back, which will empower you and I to do everything that he already made possible for us to do. That's my practical application to it today. It's something we can all do because it's something we were all made for. Yeah, thanks Jesus. And if you just need to sit and hang out in his presence because he's doing something, don't get in a hurry, okay? By all means, stay where you're at if you need to or if you need to go. We bless you guys. Thanks for being here. We love you and we're grateful that we get to be any part of your life. You have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.